0: Hello and welcome to the Grace Place NYC. We are a church in the neighborhood of Hamilton Heights in Harlem. Our purpose is to live for Christ, love the lost, and transform our culture. Good morning, Grace Place people. Welcome to our new normal of online church. We're living in unprecedented times and the entire globe in one way or another has been affected by this pandemic and and more than any other city in our nation i think new york city has been really really affected by the coronavirus like most of you we've been quarantined in our apartment this week and most of our energy has gone to trying to keep our kids from harming one another other than that we've been doing really really well um you know i've been able to get some extra reading in and to be honest with all of the the zoom calls and the facetimes and and uh, the voice memos and the, uh, the phone calls, I've had more uh, human interaction this week than on normal weeks because I'm working uh, either from home or I'm working at a coffee shop and most of my meetings, you know, they're um, one-on-one. And so I've had a lot of interaction with people this week through all of these different conference calls. So it's a great time to be living uh, because although we can't meet face-to-face because of social distancing, six feet, uh, we can most definitely meet virtually, and so it's been a huge blessing to be able to to do that. We had a great time on Thursday night with our uh, Zoom call prayer gathering. We had like 23 people there. Uh, we've never had 23 people at a live prayer gathering, so I want to make sure we have that uh, next time we're able to meet and, and we have uh, a prayer meeting in a, in a home, all right? So make sure you come when we have that next time. Um, But I want you to know, church, if any of you feel afraid today, if any of you are full of anxiety today, if any of you are scared because of the uncertain times that we live in, if any of you are struggling with feeling loneliness, I want you to know that I love you, my wife loves you, you have a church family that loves you. If you need someone to talk to or cheer you up, I'm here for you, I'm just a phone call, a text message, an email, a Zoom call away if you need someone to talk to. But more importantly, I want you to know that God loves you way more than I could ever love you, and God is for you, and so I want you to be encouraged today because you have a God in heaven that cares deeply for you and loves you unconditionally. If any of you are feeling this way, I want to read this scripture over you, and it's found in Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39, and it says this, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, Neither the coronavirus nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let me tell you something, church. No matter what happens around us, no matter how difficult things get, okay, we are surrounded by a God whose love cannot be separated from us. We might be separated because of social distancing, but God's love can't ever be separated from us, no matter what's going on around us. Uh, Regardless of if the coronavirus outbreak gets way worse or starts to get better, you cannot and will not be separated from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. As our world changes, as the way we do life changes, as this pandemic changes, One thing that does not change is God's love for you. That never change. Uh, That never changes. And the book of Hebrews says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his love for you is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to speak to you from Psalm 142 today. This psalm is actually a prayer that David prayed. Uh, This psalm was written during a time that David was quarantined, for lack of a better term. Um, He was not quarantined because of a contagious, infectious disease, but because of King Saul. King Saul was jealous of David, and this jealousy caused King uh, Saul to go insane, and King Saul was, was chasing David around the whole country of Israel, trying to find him so that he could kill him because he wanted to get rid of David because David had become a threat to his kingdom. Uh, Bible commentators believe that this psalm was inspired during a time when David was hiding out from Saul in a cave called Adullam. Uh, David, in this cave, was isolated and alone. Sound familiar? Maybe some of you feel That way right now. He was isolated from the king he used to serve. David actually used to play the harp in the palace to calm down King Saul's anxiety. And now he was isolated from him. He was isolated from his best friend Jonathan. That was uh, King Saul's son. Uh, His family eventually found out that he was hiding in that cave and came to him. But at the time... Uh, He was isolated from his families and friends and everybody and everything that was familiar to him. He was isolated from the place he used to grow up. He couldn't go there anymore because he was a fugitive on the run with a madman trying to kill him. Uh, he 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 was confined to a cave. But he had a promise from God that he would become the next king of Israel. His DNA had giant killer in it. He had taken out he was taken out from the pastures as a shepherd and God's promise to bring him to the throne was not going to be canceled because things had gotten a little difficult. God's promises for your life are not going to be canceled by some virus. I promise you that. They're not going to be canceled by fear or panic or hysteria. God's promises for you are still yes and amen. Let's read Psalm 142 together. Again, this is a prayer that David prays and is recorded while he's hiding out, quarantined in a cave, hiding out from King Saul who's trying to To kill him. Uh, And it says this, uh, Psalm 142, starting with verse 1, it says this, I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Look and see, there is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. I want to speak to you today on the subject of five things that God wants you to know during this coronavirus outbreak. And uh, let's start with number one. The first thing that I believe God wants you to know during this coronavirus outbreak is this. It's okay to vent to God. I want to give you permission to vent. Okay, David in this psalm that we just read is shouting to the Lord in prayer. He he's not silently whispering a prayer to God. He the Bible says that he is shouting to the Lord a prayer. He is he, he's 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 not just uh, kind of quietly in a corner, just just kind of respectfully saying something. No, he's shouting to the Lord. He's yelling at the top of his lungs, uh, pouring out his heart to God. It says this, I cry aloud to God. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. He's saying, God, I need your help right now. I am in trouble and I can't get out of this on my own. I need you, Lord. And he's crying out and pouring out and he's sharing what's on his heart. He's pouring out his heart to God in this psalm. He is not holding back what he's feeling. He's struggling with fear and his life is in jeopardy And he's pouring out what's going on on the inside to God, his Father. I'm sure that there are a million different thoughts and emotions going through your minds right now. Is this virus ever going to go away? Is this virus ever going to stop? Because every day it just seems like more and more and more people are, are testing positive for the virus? Are people going to start acting out in desperation and start robbing stores and start to loot and, and start to go crazy? Uh, what what kind of things are going to start to happen? You might be going crazy because you are an extrovert and all of this social distancing has you wanting to harm yourself. Maybe you're going nuts inside your apartment because you just need some, some one-on-one human interaction with people face-to-face. Maybe you're feeling incredibly lonely right now. Maybe you're afraid that you're going to lose your job. Maybe you've already lost your job and you have no idea how you're going to pay all of these bills that are piling up. You have no idea how... Uh, you, you're gonna you're gonna buy your groceries this week. How you're gonna buy just all of the necessities that you have? Um, in verse seven, David says he feels like he's in prison. He literally says, "Set me free from my prison that I may praise your name." Any of you out there feel like you're in prison right now? You're imprisoned in your own. Room, You're imprisoned in your own apartment. You're imprisoned in this city where it just seems like uh, uh, more and more and more people you hear about every day have the coronavirus. Any of you feel imprisoned to your own thoughts? Your mind is running wild right now. Your mind has has just kind of become a minefield of negative thoughts and and fear-driven thoughts. And, anxiety driven thoughts and and your mind is just going a million miles per hour I want to tell you something if you're feeling this way it is okay to loudly express what you're feeling to God it's okay we need to express to God how we're feeling right now the worst thing you can do is hold everything you're going through right now in and not let it out because you are going to be a ticking time bomb if you do that. Don't let all of these people posting things on Facebook about faith over fear make you feel like there's something wrong with you or that you are spiritually inferior because you are experiencing fear right now. Don't let anybody in on social media make you feel this way. There are some people trying to give people guilt trips for washing their hands and using hand sanitizer, uh, uh, for wearing a mask, for, for, uh, uh, for uh, exercising social distancing. There are people trying to give people guilt trips and say, you don't have faith in God because you're doing that. Your trust is in man. Your trust is in the CDC. Your trust is in the governor. Your trust is in the president. And you need more faith. That is a false theology. Don't fall for that nonsense. And that's what it is. It's nonsense. Although God can and does work supernaturally, like I said last week, his normal way of working throughout history is to work through nature and science and virus and bacteria and doctors and medical professionals. Okay. And his normal way of working is through the church. So just to be clear, biblical faith isn't a license to discard science and medicine and act foolishly and recklessly, okay? Biblical faith is putting our full trust and and putting our full faith and putting our full assurance in God. That is what biblical faith is. So that also means that I look at the CDC and the uh, WHO guidelines and use wisdom and judgment in my actions while trusting God that he is going to take care of me and my family until all of this is over. I have faith in God, and I'm going to wash my hands with soap for 20 seconds. I have faith with God, and I'm going to carry hand sanitizer that's at least 60% alcohol with me when I go out. Okay, uh, I have faith in God, and I'm going to exercise social Distancing so I don't get sick from somebody or I don't get somebody else sick. I'm going to do these things because I am called in scripture to love my neighbor. And so that is why I am going to do these things. The Bible never commands us to suppress our emotions, but it does call us to surrender them. Whatever is going on on the inside of you, let it out in prayer. Vent to God. I give you permission to even yell at God if you need to. If you're confused, if you're frustrated, if you're angry about what's going on, say it to God. He's not intimidated by what you're going through right now. He's not intimidated by your struggle. He's not intimidated by your fear. He's not intimidated by your anxiety. He's not intimidated by any of those things. You need to pour Out your heart to him and you need to tell him exactly how you, you need to be honest with God. That, he expects nothing less from us than that because, uh, because this is a relationship. It's a relationship. And so you can't have a real relationship if you're not willing to be authentic, if you're not willing to be real, if you're not willing to be honest. I can't have a healthy relationship with my wife if I'm not willing to be honest with her if I'm not willing to be transparent with her, if I'm not willing uh, to to, uh, open up to her, we can't have a relationship. I want to encourage you, open up to God. Share what's going on in your heart. Uh, Be expressive. Tell him exactly what you're feeling. He's not intimidated by what you're going through. But remember, whatever you are going through that's unhealthy, whatever you are going through that isn't Christ-like, whatever you are going through that, that is not good, you need to vent to God, but you also need to surrender those feelings and those emotions and those fears to the Lord. The second thing that God wants you to know right now in our cultural moment and what we're going through is this. It's okay to be realistic about the situation. Okay, I, I feel like the first part of this message is all about me giving you permission to to do things that you should feel like you can do. And so it's okay to be realistic about what's happening in our world. It's okay to be honest about what's happening around us. David says in verse 6 of Psalm 142, Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. He acknowledges that he is in desperate need and those pursuing him, they're too strong for him to handle. He's being honest. He's not trying to fake it. He's not trying to act like he's more powerful than he is. He's vulnerable with God. He's transparent with God. He's honest with God and saying these enemies that surround me, they're too strong for me to handle and so I need you right now. Faith does not require us to deny the facts, okay? Faith does not require us to avoid stats and information concerning the coronavirus. Uh, Now, we need to be intentional to unplug from being bombarded with information to the point that we feel paralyzed with fear, but we need to know what the latest information is so that we can make wise decisions and be good neighbors, Some people look at the rate that the virus is spreading. They look at what has happened in China and Italy and across the world. They know that social distancing is the only way to curb this virus, yet they feel as if they are not walking in faith if they listen to the research. For whatever reason, They feel like if I listen to science, if I listen to medicine, if I listen to the research, if I listen to the numbers, for some reason they feel like they're not walking in faith and they're walking in fear. That, my friends, is not walking in faith. That is what the Bible calls foolishness. Listen to what the reformer Martin Luther wrote in 1527. You ought to think this way. Very well, by God's decree, the enemy has sent a pestilence. I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall administer medicine and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance infect and pollute others. If people in a city were to show themselves bold in faith when a neighbor's need so demands and cautious when no emergency exists, and if everyone would help ward off contagion as best he can, then the death toll would indeed be moderate. But if some are too panicky and desert their neighbors in their plight, and if some are so foolish as to not take precautions but aggravate the contagion, then the devil has a heyday and many will die. Martin Luther wrote this on Uh, And the title of, of, of this article was, Whether One May Flee from a Deadly Plague. Now, let's look at what Jesus said in John 16, 33. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. That's what Jesus says, okay? Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean life is a cakewalk. Jesus says it right here. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen. That should encourage you right there. That should give you peace. That Jesus tells us, in this world, we're going to have trouble. We're part of the fallen nature. Okay, We can blame Adam and Eve for that. But in this world, we're going to have trouble. In this world, we might get sick. In this world, we might lose our job. In this world, someone might betray us. In this world, uh, things might happen that break our hearts. But we can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. Amen? The third thing God wants you to know during this outbreak is God is watching over you. Some of you need to hear that. That's a prophetic word for some of you because you feel isolated, you feel alone, you feel abandoned. And I want you to know that God is watching over you right now. Verse three says, when my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. I like how the uh, New American Standard puts it. He says, It says this, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, you knew my path. Any of you been feeling overwhelmed lately? What brought David comfort when faced with the loneliness of being quarantined in a cave? David didn't have anyone to rely on because they were probably afraid of being killed by the king if he found out they were helping David. So he was completely isolated and quarantined. What brought David comfort when faced with the fear of knowing that the king was furiously pursuing him in order to kill him and rid the earth of his existence? What brought David comfort when feelings of being forgotten about surrounded him? He even says in verse 4, Look and see, there is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. In some ways, doesn't it, kind of feel like that right now. Everyone is out to take care of number one. Uh, Everyone uh, is in self-preservation mode right now. I don't care if anyone else has hand sanitizer or toilet paper or bottled water as long as I have it. Uh, You know, you can go to any store in the city or in the country. You can go to any store in the country and they don't have hand sanitizer. They don't have Lysol They don't have toilet paper because as soon as a new shipment comes in, people just completely buy it out. We're in self-preservation mode, folks. This is an opportunity, although the world is hoarding, although the world is panicking, although the world is consumed with fear, this is an opportunity for the church of Jesus Christ to be countercultural instead of hoarding to be incredibly generous and be a light and be a witness of the love and grace and mercy and generosity of Jesus to our world. So what brought David peace and comfort when his soul was overwhelmed? It was the truth that God knew his path. It was the truth that that God was leading and guiding and ordering his steps. God has a path a plan, and a purpose for each one of us. And our Heavenly Father is watching over us as a parent watches over their children during dangerous times. You know, when, when my daughter Avia is doing a performance at her school or my son Boston is in a basketball game, my eyes are glued to them and no one else. Even if Avia doesn't have the main part or Boston doesn't have the ball, my eyes are stayed fixed on them. Why? Because I'm invested in their lives. Because I am in love with them. That's why everywhere they go, my eyes are on them. I I don't care if they're the main part of what's happening or not. My eyes are fixed on them because I care about them. As we are going through this difficult time in our world, God's eyes are fixed on us. And he's going to carry out his will in the world and in our lives. We know God's eyes are fixed on us, okay? But the more important question is, are your eyes fixed on Jesus right now? Or are they fixed on news reports, fear, and panic, and what other people have to say? Or are your eyes fixed on your Heavenly Father right now? When you feel overwhelmed with feelings of loneliness or fear, remember that your heavenly Father is watching over you. He's not somewhere out there, uh, indifferent to what you're what you're going through and what you're feeling. He is watching over you. His eyes and his focus is on you, and he cares about what you're going through, and what you're experiencing right now. When you feel like you are going to go crazy, if you are cooped up in your apartment for one more day, remember that God is watching over you, and he has a plan and a purpose and a pathway for you. You know, the other day someone asked me if I thought things were going to go back to to normal, if they were ever going to go back to normal, And and I said, I don't know about the rest of the country, But for New Yorkers, it's definitely going to go back to normal because New Yorkers, we see crazy every single day we step out of our apartments and go down into the subway or we're walking the streets. Crazy is an everyday occurrence in New York City. So once this is over, things are going to go back to normal. New Yorkers, we are resilient. We are strong. And we will bounce back because God is watching over us. I want to share with you a powerful verse that I came across this week that speaks right to this point, and it's found in the book of Psalms 139 and verse 16, and it says this, Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. Before you were even born, All of your days were already written down by God in a book. That is incredible. If you have not accomplished everything written down in your book, guess what? God will see to it that you will accomplish those things. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. You don't have to be paralyzed. You don't have to go hide in a corner because All of the things that you would ever accomplish were already written down by God before you ever took a breath, before you you ever came out of your mother's womb, before you ever said a word, before you ever took your first steps. All of the things that you would ever do and accomplish here on earth were already written down by God for you to do. So trust Him that He's going to carry those things out in your life, regardless of what, all the craziness that's happening around us. Amen? The fourth thing God wants you to know right now is that He is your refuge and portion. He is your refuge and portion. Verse five says, I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. The Hebrew word refuge here means shelter or protection from danger or distress. It means security. It's speaking of a physical place to run to when you need shelter from a storm. Like right now, our homes and apartments are places of refuge for ourselves and for our families so that we don't contract the virus and so that we don't spread it to other people, so my apartment is my refuge, it's my shelter, it's my place that I'm in right now, quarantined from the rest of the world, so I don't contract something from someone else, or I don't give something to someone else. Now, maybe, just maybe, while we are stuck in our refuge, God's intentions are that we would run to the refuge, that we would run to Him in this time. We've got extra time on our hands. Are we using it by getting in the presence of God? Are we using it by getting into his word? Are we using it by spending time in prayer and worship, seeking the face and the heart and, 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 and the delight of and the pleasure of God in our lives right now? When David says God is his portion, what he is saying there is God is is all i need he's saying god you are my portion you are all i need you satisfy the angst and the ache in my heart you calm the raging storm in me you are the one who gives me peace that transcends all understanding and joy unspeakable it's you that give me these things You give me what news reports and statistics cannot give me. As hard as they're trying, you give me comfort that the president or the governor or the mayor just simply cannot give me. You give me what the CDC cannot give me. You and you alone are my portion. You, God, are all I need. The final thing that I want to share with you that God wants you to know during this outbreak is this. He, meaning God, is good. God is good. God is good. Right there where you're at, why don't you just say, God, you are good. God, you are so good? Why don't you just start telling God that right where you're at? Just start telling God how good he is. Just start praising God. Just start start expressing your love to God. Uh, You know, especially if you're going through a lot right now, especially if you're all up in your emotions right now, I, I think you should just raise your voice. I think you should just speak out and say, God, you are good. My circumstances might not be good right now. My circumstances might not be favorable right now, but God, you are good. You're a good God. You're a good, good God. Verse 7 says this, Set me free from my prison that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. Because of your goodness to me. Maybe, just maybe, as you start telling God how good he is, then he will set you free from the prison that you're in, the prison of your own thoughts, the prison of your own anxiety, the prison of your own fear. Maybe as you start praising God, you're gonna praise your way out of the prison that you are in. Maybe that's what you need to do because God is good whether this outbreak gets better or worse. God is good whether I get sick or not. God is good whether we get to meet together for church or we do it online. Uh, God is good whether there's toilet paper in the stores and toilet paper in my home or I have to start using mismatched socks. God is still good and God is still on the throne. God's goodness is not dependent on my outward circumstances. God's character is good. He is a good God and he is a good, good father. As we close today, I, I wanted to I wanted to close by praying over you a portion of St Patrick's Breastplate Prayer. We had uh, St Patrick's Day earlier this week, and so uh, this is a prayer that's attributed to him. and And it's a really really long prayer, but I just I just wanted to pull out a section that's been ministering to me during this week, and I just wanted to pray. This prayer over you. I wanted to speak it over you. So, wherever you're at right now, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me as I just speak this prayer over you? Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down. Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. Amen. If this is the prayer of your heart, then you are going to be just fine. If you understand that Christ surrounds you, that everywhere you go, Christ is with you. If if, if you understand this truth, then you can go through the fire. You can go through hell. You can go through difficulties. And you know you're going to be okay because Christ is with you. And not only is Christ with you, He is for you. He loves you, and He wants wants you to draw close to Him in this time, in this season, in this difficult moment in your life. As as people around us are panicking, as people around us are walking in in hysteria, as people around us, they, they, they don't have any certainty, they're confused, they're struggling right now. Man, when we understand that no matter where I go, Christ is there, no matter what I do, Christ is with me, man, that should give us peace, that should give us courage, and that should give us a boldness to be a light in this time, to be a witness in this time, and to be used by Him in this time. Well, I want you to know once again that I love you, we're here for you, and I hope this message Blessed you. If it did bless you, I want to encourage you to uh, like it, to share it, to let your friends and family know about it. And uh, I hope that uh, they will be blessed in this time as well. Thank you for being with us at TGP NYC. You can listen to other sermons on Spotify or wherever else podcasts are available. For further details about The Grace Place, please visit tgp.nyc.